welcome to a new episode of the Horror Countdown Podcast. I'm your host, Donna Nelly, and today I have two very special guests with me. I have the host of the podcast that wouldn't die, Kevin. Hey! And Aaron. Hey, everyone! All right, so uh, thank you all both uh, for joining me. I really appreciate you guys being on board to uh, talk about this uh, topic tonight. Hey, thank Don, you very much for having us. Don. Uh, I have a question for you. So yeah. we're talking about ghost stories today. Right. Do we need to define what is in fact a ghost story? Because I think Kevin has some things on his list that should not be qualifying as, as ghost stories. What do you think? Um, so me, I took it as a literal, it was a person that was once alive and is now dead. And so not demon possession. Right. Um, my interpretation was it was determined within the film that this was a person that died and has now come back as a ghost and is, is involved in some form. All right. So that now, here's another question. Uh oh. There's okay. a question. Does it have to be scary? No, it's long. It's a ghost movie. I mean, unfortunately, my films are horror based, but uh, mine the also. Interpretation the interpretation is up to you. I mean, I would have had no issue including Beetlejuice, but unfortunately it didn't make my list if that's the route you're going for. And that's a well, demon possession. No, Beetlejuice <laughs> is a ghost. They're you're, ghosts, they're the Maylands. Yeah, that's true. They count, that, that, was the, that was the route I was going for. It's not Beetlejuice himself, it's the other people. You're right, you're right. Yeah, that was the but route I was going for. Here's the, the, the real question the most romantic movie of our time. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I knew you were going to do this. Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore. They're, they're doing pottery together. Whoopi Goldberg's helping out. I'm just saying. Not on my list, but I just wanted to know if that if that, if that would have made play. your list, I would... I probably would have questioned your status as a horror podcaster, but I would have had no interest... In, I would have had no qualms about uh, including it on the list. Don, I'm frankly, I'm frankly shocked it's not number one on his list. <laughs> Look, I well, have many uh, interests. That's a, well, that's a spoiler for later on. We'll deal with that when we get there. <laughs> Who's to say? Who's to say? Yeah. So, um, like I said, if uh, as it turns out, we have uh, plenty of different uh, varieties on what the topic can include. Um, I chose to include it as a specific person that was once dead and is now alive as a spiritual or phantom-like specter. That was right. my interpretation. All right. That works. All right. So um, uh, before we get started, uh, go ahead and give you uh, tell our listeners a little bit about uh, your show, um, what it's about, uh, how you came together, and uh, where we can find it. Kevin's in charge. Of, Kevin's in charge <laughs> of all that. Go for it, Kevin. We are the podcast that wouldn't <laughs> die. I do my voice, my special <laughs> presenting voice. Welcome to the podcast <laughs> that wouldn't die. We are a horror and science fiction podcast. We talk about guilty pleasures, forgotten classics with a comedic twist. So there you go. You can find us on Facebook at the podcast that wouldn't die. You can find us on Twitter at T podcast, TW die. Aaron, we're also on Instagram. Yeah, we're on Instagram. We're the podcast that wouldn't die. 
And, go. Good and we're on Twitter. We're the podcast that wouldn't die. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yes. Hey, you can listen to us on uh, Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, anywhere the finer podcasts are available. Oh, my God. So Kevin Good is time. the straight man. He does all the work and the research, <laughs> and I do the color commentary. <laughs> All right. Um, well, with that being said, uh, let's get started on with our uh, top tens for right now. Uh, Aaron, let's go ahead and uh, give you your first number one. I'm going to tell, tell you mine are not in any particular order. So I'm just that's gonna, against yeah. the rules. You have to do it. It's a top it's a countdown. A, all right. The number 10, right? Number 10 yep. is a Christmas Carol and not, not and not Patrick Stewart. Not George C. Scott. I'm talking like, I can't think of his name, but somebody like uh, World War II or older. When I was a kid, the ghost of Christmas yet to come used to scare the hell out of me. I see. You Back know, in, in World War II when you were a kid? Is that what you're suggesting? I mean, the movies from World War II, because it was every year, even the movie Scrooge had the solid gold dancers at doing their version of A Christmas Carol. But Absolutely. The Christmas Carol is a cautionary tale. It, it, is, uh, it is scary. It has hope. It has sorrow. It has personal responsibility. It has everything you want in a movie and in a ghost story. Both. All right. Interesting. That's a pretty. That's a pretty interesting choice. Um, I'm. I'm only familiar with the most recent one. I think it's the one with. Um, Ryan Reynolds or something. No. Kermit. No. What's his name? Um, yeah, maybe it is Kermit because I think it's Michael Caine who's Scrooge. <laughs> Michael, that's the that's a Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah, oh my God, I, I think that's the one I've seen. Or at least it, <laughs> so apparently, I need to go back and watch the old ones. No, no, we have uh, uh, some brother-in-laws from the UK, and that is like the number one Christmas Carol in the UK. That's what they all watch at Christmas time. That version, they love wow. Michael Caine. It's all because of Michael Caine, not not the Muppets. Get out of here, brother. Uh, I, I I have a hard time keeping track of who's who. So. I know. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Kevin, you're number 10. My number 10. And I was thinking about this as I was looking at the list. Because I was like, should Phantasm be on my list? But then I realized there's no ghosts in Phantasm like at all. Not even the hint. I don't know why it's called Phantasm. So it can't be Phantasm. Um, my number 10 list or uh, movie is Jew on the Grudge, which is a Japanese uh, ghost movie that was remade as just The Grudge with uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, I think, a few years ago. But you got to see the original Japanese version. Terrifying. Truly terrifying. I, I would agree. Both the American and the Japanese are solid. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the original is, is really good. I'm saving my thoughts because he's uh, picked, he sniped one on my list. So I'm, <laughs> I'm sniping. There, there's going to be some sniping for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll save my thoughts for that. But um, uh, that's a spoiler alert for later on in my list. <laughs> uh, my number 10, uh, I kind of went a little indie for uh, my first couple of my uh, first pick. Um, I'm not sure if uh, most people have seen this. It went kind of under the radar. Uh, we are still here. 
I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. That, I yeah. was going to say the same thing. I'm going to write yeah. it down too. Yeah, a lot of people tend to have missed it. Um, it's kind of a more atmospheric touch. It's a uh, just to set the stage uh, because I, I'm sure a lot haven't seen it. Um, it concerns a family that moves back to their hometown. Um, there's a tragedy of some sort. I don't remember the details exactly, but there's a lot. There's um, an abuse. There's a lot of abuse in the past, and there's like a big family trauma in in the bloodline or whatever. And it turns out that it's related to an incident that was related to the mother of the woman. Uh, she ended up and she ended up causing some kind of tragedy and it's um, sort of permeated the house and it's sort of follow it's followed the family now that they're living there. So it kind of touches on a lot of like the um, art house movements, but the ghosts in here are just my absolute favorites. They are the most terrifying things I've ever seen. Um, Dynamite. Yeah, I wrote they, it down. That's gonna be on our list. Yeah, the ghosts are um, just to give a little mild spoiler. They're portrayed as um, sort of like burnt ashen figures, Ooh. and they leave this sort of like a crimsony trail wherever they go. And they're brutal as hell. When they strike, they strike with a vengeance. Um, I'm not entirely sure if you're familiar with um, an effects artist by the name of Marcus Cook. No, not at all. Wait okay. on me. Okay, so Marcus Cook is the guy that did the effects for Jennifer's for uh, Jacob's wife. Oh, I okay. I haven't seen that. Okay, yeah. Um, so if you've seen that, you've seen his effects work. He's one of the top indie guys out there, and the ghosts in here are fantastic. The kills are brutal. The atmosphere it reminds me a lot of the old Fulci films. Ah, we're familiar with Fulci. Okay, yeah. So, um, so I will be throwing up at some point while I'm watching this movie. Uh, it, it doesn't go to Fulci's extremes, but it's in that area. Um, I, I would say like more on Fulci's tamer side, not his extreme gross outs. More not from the beyond, less zombie. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not the it's not the, it's not an over the top one, but uh, it's definitely up there. So eyeball uh, trauma. Oh, always the eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's uh, my number 10. Uh, like I said, I don't, it's one that kind of went under the radar just because it was an indie and it wasn't um, a major release. It was kind of, I, I think it premiered on one of the, on one of the broadcast channels. It wasn't even on VOD. It went to a broadcast channel and then it went to DVD and Blu-ray and stuff like that. So if you can find it, definitely check it down. I highly recommend it. Beautiful. All right. Uh, Aaron, let's go back to uh, your number nine. My number nine is a classic from the 80s. It is the original Poltergeist. Ooh! We, we've got uh, Spielberg, you got face ripping, you got apparitions that can only be seen on video, you have children disappearing into staticky TV streams. That's a classic. That's a classic. <laughs> you got whole houses being swallowed like, uh, like in Carrie. <laughs> It's fantastic. What's not to like? Uh, so much not to like. It's uh, another one. <gasps> you guys are sniping. You guys are sniping. <laughs> that was a snipe for me as well. So we're yeah. going to have to talk about this later. More. Well, I was quite surprised going through my list. There's just not a lot of really good like ghost stories. It's all right. really, it's all been taken over by demon possessions. You know what I mean? There's not yeah. a lot of good ghost stories. I mean, 13 Ghosts, 
Although I'm sure that's somebody that might be on somebody's list. Uh (laughs) I haven't revisited recently enough to make a confirmation. I did enjoy it when I first saw it, but uh, I'm not comfortable enough to go further than that. Yeah, it's one that I would want to revisit, but I'm not high on it. Um, I've got other stuff to watch. Right. Yeah, Matthew Lillard. I mean, it's an all-star cast. F. F. Murray Abraham's in it, for goodness sake. There are test patterns I'd rather revisit. Oh, the devil you say. (laughs) All right. Uh, Anything else? I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but it's the same thing. Like, if you haven't seen Game of Thrones at this point, uh, I'm not holding back. Uh, it's just fun, and it's Spielberg, so there's all these nods to E.T. in it. I mean, why? It's a brand new development, so there's a dead tree already in your backyard, but you're the developer? What's that about? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, can't disagree. Uh, Kevin, you're number nine. My number nine is the original Candyman. And I thought about this because this is, in in a way, if Candyman is a ghost story, then isn't Nightmare on Elm Street also a ghost story? If you think about it, yeah, it's your questions dreams. to think about. You're wrong. But You're wrong. Well, he's he's back from the grave, right? Anyway, but that, I didn't pick Nightmare. I picked I picked Candyman, the yeah, original, Candyman, the OG, yeah. Candyman's Dynamite. Um, there's just so much good stuff in that one. You've got. Uh, you know, she's been accused of the Candyman's crimes. Basically, yeah. her her crazy husband is just she gets thrown in the slammer. He's out with uh, some uh, co-ed. It's like, bro, come on, can't you wait twenty four hours? No, not so much. Anyway, good times. Check out Candyman. All right. Um, for my number nine, uh, I'm also visiting Japan, but uh, I'm not quite going to Juan yet. I'm going to one of its contemporaries. I'm selecting Ringu. Yeah. Good one. Good yeah. choice. Can't argue. It's yeah. a, uh, the ring's on my list, too. Ah, well, finally. Ring or can... Ringu? It don't matter. Um, so I, this is one of the things I wanted to point out. So I use the title Ringu because I think a lot of people are more familiar with it. Okay. But the thing is, if you actually look at the original publication, the original publicity photos, it's always Ring. The American the oh. American companies put Ringu on it when it came to the shelves. It, Ringu oh, is actually not the original Japanese title. So I had to do something to differentiate the two. Right. Yeah. The All Ringu. Right. Yeah. When when the remake came out, they put the original out as Ringu, just to separate them. But yeah, um, a little bit of trivia for those that aren't familiar with the original. The original publicity photos, the publicity material for it was always Ring. So um, when the remake came out, it was the original came out as Ringu just to separate them. But um, if you've seen that one, that's the film we're talking about. So uh, yeah, um, the whole Samira stuff going down. Yeah, good stuff. Um, yeah, terrifying. I love it. Um, since that's one's uh, kind of sniped, I figure we'll uh, cut it off there. And uh, Aaron, let's go with uh, your number eight. Number eight is Mama. Mama, and I'm not, not Ma with Octavia Spencer, Mama, dad goes crazy, stock market uh, crash, kills uh, office, fellow employees, kills wife, got the girls driving, crashes, 
kids find their way to a cabin. Later on, they're discovered. They're like half feral. Who's been taking care of them? What? Well, how are they still alive? They go into foster care and they seem to be taking orders and communicating with some other spirit. Crazy shit happens. It is creepy as hell. It has kind of a funky ending, but it's very creepy and atmospheric. And you know, kids are creepy to begin with. So, and, I, and I'm <laughs> just a in general, but kids, but, but little kids doing weird stuff. That's creepy. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. It's been a while since I've seen it. I, I think I've only seen it once, but yeah, I really liked it when I first saw it. That's a good choice. Kind of an underrated one. I think it kind of got lost in all that insidious conjuring kind of stuff that yeah. came out in the early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. Everything came out at once. Kevin hasn't seen it, so I'm, I'm forcing him to watch it in the future. Ah. Add it to the list. All right. So, uh, Kevin, you're number eight. Here's a question, because uh -oh. I think this is a ghost movie, but you guys may disagree. Amityville Horror. Amityville Horror. The, the now there's all there's voices and, you know, what's what's in the basement kind of stuff going on there. But the inciting incident is Ronnie DeFeo murdering his family. So is are there the ghosts in the house? It's a question. So I in my mind. It's Amityville Horror. You got creepy uh, James Brolin with his with his uh, Barry Gibb hairstyle and his beard. Oh, you, you gotta got, love those Barry Gibb waves. You got to. If you want to see multiple scenes of clergy loudly retching, <laughs> <laughs> this is the movie for you. Rod Steiger, he has to pull the car over. It's so bad. Let me tell you, dynamite. <laughs> I will tell you, you it, this should be voided because this is clearly a demon possession. But at this point, I'm not going to make you go back to the internet. <laughs> it, it is scary I, as hell. I would probably lean more towards the remake being more of a ghost movie than the original, but I don't really know. I, I wouldn't, I, I'm fine with it, but... Um, I would probably say that the remake is probably more closer to the ghost film than the original, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm fine with that. If you guys are so I'm I'll fine go, with it. I know you're fine with it. I guess I'll give him a break this time. Okay. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll give you one. If there's a, <laughs> we'll give you guys each one. If you, for uh, consistency sake, if you screw up on two, we'll cut you on that one. Or if he puts something like Casper or something on his list, we're going to have some serious problems. Spoiler alert. <laughs> All right. Um, my number eight, um, I decided to go with the comedy here. Um, I went with the Frighteners. Oh, I did like the Frighteners. Yeah, I, I think it kind of got overlooked just because a lot of people are kind of a wonky on the early night on the mid 90s CGI. But right. I think underneath the story, it's um, a lot funnier than a lot of people think. Uh, you know, the ghosts are great. There's a fun little side mystery involved there with the human killer. And I mean, you, you know, there's a lot of fun to be had with it. It's a fun ride. I definitely recommend it. Um, oh, yeah. Michael J. Fox, right? Isn't he? Yeah. He's the main human protagonist. Um, I think, the, Jeff, I think Jeffrey, Combs, Jeffrey Combs has a small role. D. Wallace is involved in some capacity. If oh, I remember. classic. Yeah. No, that's a solid film. I've seen it. It's always on TV. So I've seen it probably a million times. 
yeah, it's a solid, um, I think, call it, I think it shows up a lot on um, sci-fi or AMC for their Fear Fest on Halloween and stuff yeah. like that, yeah. No, I, I like that. That's a good one. I didn't put any comedies. I, I was trying to find things that either uh, scared me or were creepy, but I, I guess I shouldn't have narrowed myself. Uh, I, I felt mine was a little kind of grim, so I picked one. <laughs> <laughs> I put a cleanser. Yeah, I put, a, I put kind of a uh, fun little... Uh, fun little comedy in there just to like lighten things up but uh that's a good one yeah um frighteners my number eight so um aaron back to you for uh number seven so the number seven while it is a ghost story is more of a mystery and i have chosen a film that i once thought was m night Shyamalan, which it apparently is not and that is the others mm. oh, i love the others the others is good you're, yeah, you're you like, what's going on? Boom. <laughs> Nicole Kidman is great. You yep. don't know what's going on. You're trying to figure this out. Once again, you got kids doing weird stuff. What do you mean you can't get into the light? Flip your schedule. That's all I kept screaming at the theater. Just flip <laughs> your schedule. There are people who actually work overnight, you know? But I love the others. Yeah. yeah it's a great mind. one. It, it's a Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say it was close. It made my honorable mentions actually, rather than my lit main list, but it was, it was up there. It was floating in that nine to 10 range for me. I, I really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. uh, it is dynamite. It is dynamite. It's, it's a ghost story, but not in the way you think. Exactly. Yeah, that was one of the reasons <laughs> I, that's one of the things I, I really like about it. I like that little twist yeah. at the end. Oh the, my God. And those the, kids are so creepy as hell. Ugh, I, oh, yeah. I, I hate creepy kids. <laughs> Oh, my favorite scene at the part uh, is at the end when they have that psychic in there and the children are screaming at her trying to get her message their messages mm. through that was great yeah yeah great stuff yeah like i said yeah. it's on my honorable mentions it was uh, it was one of my final contenders so all right yeah i i can't disagree great one so uh kevin you're number seven my number seven is the Lucio Fulci classic, uh, The Beyond. The Beyond. Good time. I love. If you've not seen The Beyond, and I have to be honest, I avoided it for a while there because I saw Zombie way too young and it messed me up. And that's actually not his most disturbing. His most disturbing is a movie called City of the Living Dead or The Gates of Hell. That one, that's like, that'll give you nightmares now. You know, you're, you're running for the vomit bag five minutes into that bad boy. But the beyond is actually, I mean, there's there's a little light eye trauma, but not too bad, <laughs> right? It we is, call, it we is, call it Fulci light. It is Fulci light. It is dynamite. It is, there's a scene at the end of the movie where there's also zombies in this for some bizarre reason. Zombies are attacking the hospital and the doctor literally pulls a revolver out of his drawer in the hospital. I mean, I know it's New Orleans, but let's, I mean, guns, all the doctors are carrying evidently at the stage of the game. He becomes Charles Bronson and just starts shooting. Boom, boom. Not even a look of concern on his face. He blows away like a little teenage zombie. I swear she's 12, maybe. Boom. Good Lord. If you've not seen the, the Beyond, check it out. Dynamite. New, New Orleans is a lawless society. <laughs> <laughs> Of course. Why do you think they're the only country that celebrates Mardi Gras? 
They're the only part of the country that celebrates Mardi Gras. Of course, they're lawless. <laughs> they're, they're all possessed by their voodoo and all that good stuff. There was a movie I was going to add, but I'm like, voodoo is not a ghost. So out you go. We'll have to do our top 10 voodoo related movies. Yeah, I have the Beyond as uh, my second favorite film of all time. Oh. But because it's a zombie film, I kind of was, it was kind of like wavering with it. I, I think just because I, I I look at it more as a zombie film than a ghost movie, um, I, I kind of was debating whether or not to put it on my list, but it's my second favorite film of all time. So, Love it. That's, yeah. strong, that's a strong statement, friend. Absolutely. A strong statement. Well, my strong, a stronger statement is the fact that zombie is my favorite. Whoa! Whoa! Zombie and I like Beyond. zombie as well. Zombie and Beyond are my one and two of all time. So... <laughs> So then you've seen City of the Living Dead. Yeah, that's uh, in my top 15. <laughs> Woo! That was a rough sled. That was a rough sled. Oh, yeah, Fulci's uh, my favorite director of all time. So, <laughs> oh my. I Zombie, I mean, it's a zombie movie. So buckle up. But as far, I mean, because you watch Walking Dead and frankly, Walking Dead it's pretty, I mean, that's pretty serious. You know what I mean? Like what's on regular TV these days. Um, yeah. So you think I'm ready? Because I remember watching it in high school at the theater. At the theater. And right. uh, it was one of those things where I slept fine. And then like two weeks later, uh, I woke up in a sweat going, oh, fuck. <laughs> 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 um. I mean, I don't know for myself. I would probably say if you've handled what he's what he's shown you in the past with Fulci, I would probably say zombies fine. But we'll you do know, it. yeah, it, I mean, it, for me, I mean, that's my personal taste. If you've handled some of the Fulci's other stuff so far, I wouldn't suggest. You know, I would say try it out. You know, it's right. not as yeah, it's not as most graphic film. So if you've no. handled the other stuff, you could probably. Try probably handle it now i mean you've, you've even got more experience now anyways with other gore so oh true i watched the walking dead for years so it's yeah. probably it, it, the problem is because i've actually seen it twice once at the theater once at the drive-in theater with mm. uh one of with one of our sisters um <laughs> well, that was um, when you were 12 I was not driving to the drive-in when I was 12. So I was clearly like a see. I probably saw it when I was a junior in high school. And then again, like one of those midnight movie things at the drive-in back when we had drive-ins. So I, I've seen it twice. It's just, you know, it's mostly the eating of the entrails that that always give me the, right. the clock yeah. to the belly. <laughs> well, look, yeah. there's a scene where the zombie's literally fighting a tiger shark in the ocean. Oh, that's a classic. Okay? Now that's yeah. a, that Dynamite. doesn't bother me. <laughs> Dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> He's a damn genius. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I mean, we'll uh, get back on track for. Um, <laughs> we, we, back look, we, got, we got a little derailed with the that's Fulci right. talk. Yeah, Fulci's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, my number seven, uh, I think this is going to be one that I don't know if a lot of people really would consider a ghost movie. I went with the fog. Oh, the fog. Yes, ghost movie. I, I thought about that. That yeah. was going to be on my list. Didn't make yeah. the cut though. Close. Adrian Barbeau. Right. Um, I refuse to acknowledge that there's a remake. Just FYI. <laughs> but uh, oh my God, can you? So did the audience. Made it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I mean, a classic story. Uh, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tom Atkins, oh, yes. um, Janet Lee, uh, Hal Holbrook, Hal Holbrook, uh, oh, yeah. John Houseman, John Houseman in a memorable opening cameo. Uh, it just classic stuff. Um, I I love it. It's a fantastic. Uh, I think the central ghost story around it is a fun it's little. Plenty of fun for goofing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's a fun little um story in the beginning involving the uh you know ghost coming back for revenge, striking back the town inhabitants. I think it's a classic ghost story setup. You oh, know, yeah. you can treat you know you can determine whether or not they're actual ghosts or not, but I think there's enough in there. You can you can probably say whether or not they are but I, I, yeah I, I have a, i'm a huge fan of it i love the slow burn atmosphere Probably, I'm trying, oh go ahead yeah um i really like that i think it's one of carpenter's more underrated films not oh, his yeah. classics not up to his classics but i think it's just a solid step down so i'm trying to remember it was like a, a plague ship showed up to port and, and the townspeople turned it away so well, they were lepers. No, that was no, that, like that's, that. that was that was the sequel. That was that was the remake. The original, they made the deal, but they screwed them over. They oh. set they set the lighthouse up on the shore and dragged them into the shore and scuttled the ship. Oh, right. okay. They were lepers. Yeah, was, Is that what they were? It was? They were lepers. They wanted to right. form a leper colony, like in the town or just outside of town. And the town, like forefathers, the elders, took the gold. And like you said, like washed them up on the rocks, murdered them. Yeah. And now they're yeah, back. I think a lot of people get the setup confused with the remake because that was what the remake did. The, the uh... original, the original, they played it out as if they were going to help them, but then they took the gold, scuttled the ship and left them to drown. Yep. So, well, they get what they one. get. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, Aaron, back to you for uh, number six. Stir of Echoes. Kevin Bacon. There's a murder uh, of, like, a, a girl with uh, ID hidden in the wall, sending messages to Kevin Bacon. He has to solve it. Ends up being, like, the kids of his closest friends. It was, it was a scene, but it was good. There were some good moments with that. I think it came like right around the sixth sense. So I think a lot of people thought it was maybe yeah. like a sixth sense ripoff, but I, I argue it's still really good. Yeah. I need to go I, back and see it, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. I got to revisit it too. I think I saw it maybe the mid 2000s. Yeah, I, lo I love yeah, a corpse I... walled up at a wall. That's always a classic. Ooh, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember that. Well, the Telltale Heart. Yeah. Or, yeah, Telltale Heart. Um, I always get that one confused. Which one's the Mask of Amontillado? Oh, that's the one with the the bodies in the wine jar, right? Yes. Okay, right. Yeah. That's uh, that's Poe, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I always get those two stories confused. Telltale Heart, he's under the floreboard. Yeah, Telltale Heart's under the floorboard. Um, yeah, Mask of a uh, Casket of Amontillado, he's in the wine jar. And then, um, yeah, uh, the one in the wall, that's the other one. Um, yeah. the, old, the old Hammer films, everybody was getting walled up. Right. Because yeah. they did all those uh, like Poe uh, remakes and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
Vincent Price. Those. Vincent Price was always shutting up a, an, a bad wife or something, or or her lover in the wall. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty standard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. I gotta revisit Serve Echoes. It's been a long. It's been a long time because I think I saw it in the mid two thousands. So I'm definitely due for a revisit. Yeah, it's worth it. Cool. Well, they say bacon sizzles in it. So. <laughs> Thank Lord. you. I'm here all week. <laughs> all right. So uh, in honor of that joke, let's give you the honor of uh, number six. <laughs> uh, my number six has already been mentioned. It is the immortal Nicole Kidman classic, The Others. Mm. Check it out. I, I love it. It is one of those things. It kind of flew under the radar. But what it, it really exemplifies in these ghost movies is it's all about setting up the mood. It's all about, you know, the slow burn, you know, punctuated by these like frightening images or these frightening moments. The others, if you have not seen the others, stop what you're doing. <laughs> Pull over the car. <laughs> go watch the others. Check it out. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's um, a mystery, too. That's what I like also. Yep. Yeah. Uh, great stuff. I mean, like I said, it just missed my list. It's in my honorable mention. So yeah um three fantastic recommends here so uh and since we're in the uh, spirit of revealing uh snipes uh my number six is poltergeist <laughs> so um i guess we just uh, we each had the sniped film just a different one but um yeah uh th this is a classic i always look at this as one of the better mainstream uh gateway horror films um oh yeah you know, uh, yeah, the face peeling could be a little uh, on the intenser side, but I always say, you know, you're going to get used to that anyways. One scene in a film is not going to bother you. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully they'll get used to it. You know what I'm saying? Children <laughs> yeah. of America shouldn't be getting used to face getting ripped off, but I get but your I'm point. Ju I'm just saying, you know, yeah, you're going to get used to, you know, more extreme gore later on. One scene out of, you know, the one scene in a two hour film is not going to kill you. But uh, yeah, you're going to get a lot of quality elsewhere. And uh, yeah, the ghosts are terrifying. Um, the finale in the film is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you have, a fan, you have a fun Spielbergian family dynamic that keeps the first half going, moving along. Yeah, it, it's a fantastic film and it's one of my all-time favorites. So yeah, quality. Great lines too. Like I, I still say to my class, all are welcome, children. <laughs> yeah. all right so uh as we enter the uh top five aaron what's your number five the six cents boom snipe uh, snipe oh my god I, I must be stupid because i remember getting through this whole thing and not realizing that bruce willis was dead the whole time i was like spoiler what? alert what? <laughs> It blew my mind. Other people are like, oh, yeah, I figured out in five minutes. I'm like, shut the fuck up. You did not. <laughs> Literally at the end, I was like, what's happening? And of course, you, then you get Donnie Wahlberg at his most triumphant right at the beginning. Bang. Yep. <laughs> uh, it was close. Um, I had a GS outside of my honorable mentions. Um, for me, it just, it kind of falls on rewatch just because I know the twist and it kind of, uh, yeah, yeah. the rewatches, it kind of falls a little flat for me, but um, on the first viewing, if I would have only seen it once, I would have put it up there. Just, it, yeah, for me, it's just the rewatches. It kind of kills the intrigue, but 
uh, if, like I said, if, it, if this was a first time watch, I would have put it up there for sure. I, I had a lot of fun with it the first time I saw it because I was just like you. I was completely blindsided by it. I had no idea. And then all of the reveals, it, it just like, whoa. Right. Oh, yeah. Back when, back when From the Mind of M. Night Shyamalan meant something. Uh, yeah. right. <laughs> I was like, this dude's a genius. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, the problem is it's so good. Everybody talked about it. So you end up watching it and watching it. And watch. it's, like, it's like listening to Kenny G. Eventually, there's just too much Kenny G. <laughs> It's a, yeah, true words have never been spoke. I think we can all agree. M. Night Shyamalan, Kenny G, clearly the same. <laughs> Kenny G. I saw a documentary on HBO. I was gonna say, now that's a twist. Now that's a plot twist, though. Never a fan. Never a fan. Uh, all right. So, uh, Kevin, you're number five. Here's a plot twist. Mine is the sixth sense. <laughs> Boom, shakalaka. I, I agree. Look, I did not sniff out the twist because you're not looking for that twist. You, you take it I mean? as it is. You take it as it is. You're not looking for this. So many weird things going on. You're not figuring out your narrator is, is somebody else, you know? Right. And it also kind of presupposes that the movie's lousy until the twist occurs, which is not the case. I mean, the movie is good. There's there's a scene that I always think of where young Hallie Joel Osment was in his little like uh, tent in his room, yeah. his little uh, fort that he made. And he sees his breath, and which is always the signal that the ghosts are coming. And then he turns around and then there's the the girl like throwing up. Like the ghost vomiting girl right behind him. That is a scary scene in that moment. No question. There are a number of those scenes. Now, you could argue it's not necessarily a true horror movie. It's kind of a family drama as well. You know what I mean? No, um, you're wrong. It's a horror movie and a family drama. Well, there's no eye trauma. It's just kind <laughs> it's of what not, I look for. It's no Fulci. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The twist becomes, oh, this movie sucks. <laughs> sad situation no no but everybody's just bang Hallie Joel, the whole time I, I was watching that movie I was thinking when I was that age I was such a fearful kid and can you imagine you, you want to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and there's like dead people wandering around going to come and talk to you if you leave your room oh my god Michelle <gasps> And none of them had heart attacks. It was always like some horrific face injury or body, you know, burns or, yeah. Yeah, nobody just no died second. in their sleep. There always had to be like severe <laughs> facial trauma. <laughs> like Fulci yeah. been at them, basically. Yeah, full, full Fulci. Like they wrestled the tiger shark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Um, I think I'm going to go a little old school with my top five. Uh, I'm going to go with The Innocents. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh. Do tell. All right. So uh, this is actually, um, it's, it's an adaptation of The Turn of the Screw, which is uh, basically the same story that was, uh, I think it was The Turning? Yeah, the the Haunting of Bly Manor. Haunting of Bly uh, Manor. Okay. Yeah, that's what yeah. it was. Yeah. I, I knew it was something like that. 
But uh, yeah, it's basically the uh, same story as uh, Haunting a Bly Manor. Um, a woman uh, comes out to a, this is a, a estate out in the countryside to take care of these two little kids and comes to suspect that there's a, the ghost of their former nanny haunting the place. Um, absolutely fantastic. This is classy, old school, slow burn at its best. Um, I think, I, I want to say it's Deborah Kier. I think this is the girl that plays the uh, main girl. For some reason, uh, I always get the actresses confused in this one, but I want to say it's Deborah Kerr. From and, an affair to remember, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, this is not like, you know, some, you know, sleazy, raucous kind of just, you know, it, it's more of like a stately composed kind of like art. It's, it's more of like a statelier, highbrow kind of a film. Um, I love the atmosphere in here. Uh, the kids are just creepy as hell. Because it, it comes to find out that they actually do have something involved with what's going on, but they try to play it off as everything they're doing is just harmless little jokes, but oh, it, it's fantastic. Uh, the final half to this is amazing, and I don't want to spoil it, but there's uh, some great jump scares in here. Um, you know, it's from the 60s, so don't expect ultraviolence. Don't expect a lot of, you know, the dirtier kind of tropes. But if you're looking for like a stately, refined kind of, you know, lazy Sunday afternoon kind of a film, this is a fantastic one. And it's kind of, it reminds me a lot of Psycho. It's nice. Yeah. Ooh, you're selling it, man. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely reminds me of that kind of a film. So if that's kind of like your mindset, I, I, I can't recommend this enough. This is one of my favorite slow burn films. And one that I always look at is, you know, they were making these long, long ago before stuff like Hereditary and It Comes at Night. All right. Yeah. Uh, they were making these kinds of movies long before. And I always say this one's the best example of that. So uh, definitely give this a look. It's, it's definitely worth the, worth the watch. Does Deborah Kerr re- wrestle with a tiger shark? Is my question. <laughs> is there eye dr- dr- damage? Is there eye damage? I, <laughs> I can't say for sure. I'm not going to spoil anything, but um, yeah, I don't want to ruin it for you. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to spoil it for sure, but uh, there are some uh, kind of traumatic incidents that uh, do involve some bodily dis- dis- disfigurement. So beautiful. Yeah, it's a fa- it's a great film. Add it to the list. I did. I wrote it. I wrote it down. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Aaron, your number four. My number four is The Ring. Samira rocking it. I even dressed as Samira for Halloween. I had to teach Ooh. class with my wig on backwards, covering my entire face. And I, and I was just saying. I didn't do the crab walk in class, but there were some, uh-huh. like, suddenly I'm appearing next to people. <laughs> you just didn't wash your hair? That's Samira, is that basically what it was? Good I times. just literally turned the wig around. So it was just straight down. <laughs> it's like malignant. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> my God, I love malignant. Too bad that's not a ghost story. I would have put that on the list. No, but the ring is the ring is great. I mean, the, the kids these days uh, they can't relate to VCRs. And we 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 were talking about this with somebody, and they're like, 
no one's scared of a VCR and all that. I'm like, dude, this could be anything. This could be that spam that comes in your email and all of a sudden it takes over your computer. Boom. It's whatever your current technology is. It could right. be the ring. It that could be, be a, the ring. That'd be a fun update. Somebody mails you this weird uh, attachment or something and bam, that's what it is. Yeah. Instead of a ransom spyware, it's some rock coming through your laptop. Right. <laughs> Don't yeah, click on things you don't remember. It's like, I'm not, I don't know this. What is a spyware? That's right. It, it comes across uh, as an email that says your PayPal has been locked with, with like straight right. PayPal spe spelled slightly wrong. Don't click That's it. Exactly right. <laughs> so instead of PayPal, In the Nigerian prince. Instead of PayPal is, is PlayPal. PlayPal. Play oh, no. I was, I was just ordered something. Let me click on that. No. No, seven days. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I really enjoy the remake. Um, it's one of, I, I always look at the remake, the Ring and Grudge remakes as kind of equal. They're both just a notch below the originals. Um, the, right. the originals are, the originals I would say are slightly better. These are just a notch below worth your time, but I, I have other slots to fill on a list like this, but still worthwhile still definitely worth your time i would say um, and the whole movie yeah, at least the american movie shot with like this blue filter seattle or wherever it was filmed is just so dark and oppressive it just sets this just wet depressing stressful mood just the whole time it's like whoosh the horses yeah. jumping off the ferry i mean oh it had good stuff yeah like i said um I, they're just a notch below. I have other slots to fill on a list like this, but they're definitely worth your time. I definitely mm -hmm. agree. So, uh, Kevin, you're number four. Okay. Um, I'm going to need a judge's ruling on this. All one. right. All right. All I'm, right. Not, I'm not sure about this one. I picked the Baba Duke. The Baba Duke is on my list, too. It's number three for me. Um, is, it, is it a ghost story? What's, what's the verdict? That's the question. I'm not a fan of the film. But <gasps> oh! Whoa! I'm not a fan of the film, but I do agree. I think it's close enough. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna squiggle on the semantics. Right. Well, it's it's that because there isn't like you know they forgot to move the headstones kind of moment. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> yeah. So that's the question. No, I we. Literally the first episode of our podcast, we devoted to the Baba Duke, which we had never seen before. It is, I okay. I think it's dynamite. I, I think, think it's it dynamite. Creepy. You got the the little Baba Duke character. You got crazy again, creepy and crazy kids. Uh, and then the creepy, mom, crazy mom. Right. It takes that turn. And so then the book, I, like I, I wanted to, I'm like, where do I get a copy of this book? The book was, I mean, it was very stylized. I do have to admit, I did have to do some Googling after the movie to fully understand what the hell was going on. But I, I always recommend it to people because no one's ever heard of it. Look, if I'm opening up the Baba Duke book and I'm seeing some of that imagery, I'm returning it to the library. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Put, it Put it in the Dropbox. Put it in the Dropbox. in the Dropbox. It's fine. I, I I like where I like the ideas behind it. I, I'm just not a fan of the execution. Um, it, for me, that's just where I fall flat on that one. 
I, I like the idea of the book. I like the idea of the mother overcoming her own trauma and her own struggles with everything. I'm, I'm torn on the kids. Sometimes I like him. Sometimes I think he's too over the top, but right. I, I, I can see the appeal to it. It, I, it may just have been one where I may not have given it a fair chance. Maybe I need to revisit it, but yeah. Um, I, I do like parts of it. I, I'm, it's not like I completely hate it, but for me, it was a great, great setup, just poor execution, I think. Ooh. But uh, I'm down to give it a rewatch. So um, I'll, I'm, I'm definitely down to look at it again. I mean, the twist is a very interesting idea that, that, that this is all a manifestation of her, her, her issues. Not, not that that's a spoiler, but I was just going to say spoiler. Spoiler alert. But uh, I was like, what? Yeah, that, that was, I thought it was uh, fantastic. I guess you can disagree. It is a free country. <laughs> uh, I'm saying I'll, I'll give it a rewatch. I'll uh, add it next to my uh, Stir of Echoes uh, revisit. There you go. Double you feature. Go. Yeah, there you go. That'd be a fun, fun night <laughs> in. So uh, my number four, uh, I'm going to Asia, but I'm not going to Japan. I'm going to South Korea and I'm doing A Tale of Two Sisters. So, uh, for those that uh, are that are unfamiliar with this, because I don't yeah. think, yeah, I don't think this is kind of a uh, widely known film. Um, it was actually remade as a film called *The Uninvited* several years ago. Okay. So um, basically, the story with this one is a uh, a woman comes out of an out of an insane asylum and goes back to live with her father and his new um, girlfriend, who turns out to be the uh, nurse for his deceased wife. And along oh. the, so along the way, she ends up reconnecting with her sister, who uh, it turns out is just as unstable as she is. There's um, all kinds of family dynamics going on. And uh, a strange, uh, strangely familiar ghost just keeps popping up all over the place. Um, I'm not going to reveal much more just because I, there's a lot of fun twists and turns involved in this one. All right. But uh, yeah, I, I really recommend this one. This one is a lot. This one is really good. Um, like I said, for me, the best part of this one is the final 20 minutes because a lot of what is revealed in those, um, the final 20 minutes are really, really well done. They're kind of I, they may they may seem familiar just because I think a few other films have pulled off the same trick and to say which ones they were would spoil this one so I'm not going to say but if it, okay. if it feels familiar know that this one did it first because I think it came out in the height of the J-horror craze I think it's 2001 or 2002 somewhere in there okay so this was probably this is like one of the first the first the, the earlier ones to do it and I, I, I've seen Beautiful. a few films that have copied the same trick, but uh, again, the ghost is terrifying in here. There's some great atmosphere, and it's all bordered. Uh, it's all boosted by this fantastic twist in the finale that um, it really gives us a, a great push. And I have a, I have a lot of fun with it. It's one of my favorite films. 
All right. That's on the list now, too, because I did see that while I was doing research. It kept popping up on like greatest, greatest ghost stories ever. Yeah, it's definitely worthwhile. Um, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of twists in there and I can't say which films have pulled off. There's other films that have pulled off this similar twist because I've seen a few films that have done it and I've seen people comment that, oh, this is the exact same thing as A Tale of Two Sisters. And I say, no, A Tale of Two Sisters is the one that's getting ripped off because that came first. Yeah. So this is one where this is the originator of it. So if it seems familiar, that would probably be why. So. And it's based upon the novel by Charles Dickens. <laughs> bum, 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 it was bum. the best of times. It was the yeah. worst of times. It was the blurst of times. <laughs> <laughs> Those stupid monkeys. <laughs> all right um so aaron your number three unfortunately was revealed as uh the babadook correct yeah number three was the babadook all right um anything else you want to chime in on that or you good to go it uh, just on a different the book that they use uh it was fascinating i thought that was such a cool look it kind of yeah, the new Candyman had something not the same, but the end credits of the new Candyman did these kind of silhouette kind of uh, creatures to tell a story. And the two right. kind of remind me of like, what a creative, interesting way to to progress your story. Those are my two cents. All right. So, uh, Kevin, you're number three. My number three has been sniped not once, but <laughs> twice. It is the immortal classic Poltergeist. Um, I was talking to somebody about this because when it came out, I was a kid at the time and it was on HBO all the live long day. So I knew it backwards and front. And you, as a child, you put yourself in the shoes of little Carol Ann and Robbie running, you know, there's ghosts everywhere. What do I do now watching it? You put yourself in the shoes of Craig T. Nelson and Joe Beth Williams. And I'm, I'm ashamed to admit, I'm at least 10 years older than Craig T when he was in this movie, which is a sad situation. So it is dynamite. It's got it all. It's got it all. Poltergeist, the original. 100%. All right. Um, my number three, I'm staying in North Korea. And this is probably going to be the most off the beaten path one that we're going to reveal tonight. My number three is Gonjiam Haunted Asylum. Ooh, oh, my never God. I've never heard of this. Nice. Okay. So uh, this one is a found footage film. The format of this is going to be really familiar. So uh, a group of uh, YouTube um, influencers, they decide to visit uh, the titular asylum. Gonjiam is uh, the name of the location. That's it's the name of the building, and they decide to uh, investigate the supposed hauntings that have taken place there and come to find out that the hauntings are true. Boom. Yeah, uh, familiar setup, but this absolutely works for me. Uh, this, the final half hour to this is one of the most genuinely unnerving and honest to God terrifying films I've ever watched. This is some of the creepiest imagery I've ever seen committed to film. I have no idea how they pulled some of these tricks off with the ghosts. And one of the things is, and I think, Kevin, you're going to appreciate this because you're a guy that likes eye trauma just like I do. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so they have a they have a trick and they pull it off twice where because the whole thing is found footage so they're wearing gopros mm -hmm. so they go up to somebody and they start talking and they initiate a conversation and you know they're freaked out they're like you know what the hell's going on we got to get out of here and then all of a sudden the, the character that they're talking to in a perfectly calm and natural voice will start responding only for their eyes mid-sentence to turn completely black within mm. the spade of, within the spade of a second no change in dialect in their tone of no change in their face just whoosh, within the span of a word their eyes turn completely black and it is the most genuinely unnerving and terrifying thing i've ever seen and the rest of the film it, it it's just creepy the building is atmospheric it's dingy it's dirty the lights are flickering off you know the hallways lead on into the distance and just never seem to end you know all that good stuff it it oh, nice it is fantastic i could not recommend this movie enough so found... you're saying it's better than the blair witch where at the end i was like what the oh no this yeah um i i mean i'm not a fan of blair witch either but <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is, uh, to me, this is one of the best found footage films of all time. I, I, I cannot recommend this enough. Wait, and like, better than, than Cannibal Holocaust? Uh, <laughs> see, I like Holocaust, but I have a hard time rewatching it. Yeah. And if you've seen uh, yes. it, you know why. I, I, oh, I yeah. don't think it's necessary to watch it more than yeah. once. <laughs> I've only watched it maybe once or twice, and I think that's probably as much as I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Yeah, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. I mean, watching it once just to see for yourself, but then just like saying, okay, yeah, I'm good. Just leave it on the shelf and never bother with it. I think mm -hmm. that's kind of in my mindset. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, not a, not a, you know, revisit or, you know, one of those, hey, I'm bored. Let's just throw this on for shits and giggles kind of a film. <laughs> What do you think yeah. about this idea? Cannibal Holocaust, the musical. Do you think I could sell that? Well, if they do Evil Dead, the musical. <laughs> they did well, do that... Evil Dead, the musical. That's what I'm saying. If they do that, I wouldn't, I can see that. You know, it's a bunch of people singing, we're going to eat your entrails. We're going <laughs> to. Well, um, but uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ganjam, I cannot recommend this enough. It's a found footage film. It's creepy as hell. Beautiful. Ghosts are terrifying. And like I said, it is some of the most genuinely terrifying stuff I've seen recently. So high, high, high recommends. I love, love it. it. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, and like I said, South Korean, just like A Tale of Two Sisters. So you got to deal with subtitles. But if you're fine with that, give it a go. I'm Absolutely. Good. All right, so uh, I think we're down to our uh, final gruesome twosome. So, uh, Aaron, let's uh, kick off with your number two. The Shining. Boom! Boom! Going off. And and I was always very conflicted about The Shining because I, I'm pro Stephen King, and I really love the book. So for years, I was always very irritated by The Shining. Uh but I've come to terms with it and appreciate it as the masterpiece that it is. It's, a solid, me, it's a solid watch. I think it's maybe 10 minutes too long, but 
I, I don't have too many other complaints other than that. Uh, I probably put it just outside my top five favorite King adaptations. But whoa, whoa, whoa! Hit the rewind. It's out of your top five of Stephen King adaptations. That's crazy just talk. Out. Let's hear. Let's hear. Let's hear. Let's so see what's my, the countdown. So my dream catcher. So if we're doing that, it would be uh, Lawnmower it, Man. No, it would be it. The mist. Um, I've always had a thing for the night flyer. I I don't know if that would be. Okay. I don't know if that would be like maybe number three, but it would be in there somewhere. I like Christine, and I would probably say Carrier Silver Bullet. I, I go back and forth. Silver Bullet! Whoa! What? Silver Bullet. I'm a werewolf guy. <laughs> it's triggered the bit inside of me. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm a werewolf guy. I like those kinds of... I'm a werewolf, I'm a werewolf fan, so... I, I'm not saying it's better than The Shining. I'm saying those... That's That would probably be like my... Like the bottom of my top five would be, it would. That, that was like the remake. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, my bottom, the bottom five of my list would be some sort of uh, Carrie would be Carrie Silver Bullet and The Shining. Okay. Lordy B, Lordy B, we, we we've got some disagreements going on here. That's for well, sure. I, Hey, you know what? I, I love Silver Bullet. I'm not gonna lie. You got I Gary Busey. Oh, Jesus you got Christ. Corey Haim at his at his most triumphant. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a it's a classic. Uh, but Shining, I love. I mean, now, here's the thing, and this is true. We've talked about this before. There are people who are of a certain age who are just like I watch Shining and I find it kind of boring or uninteresting. I think when I was a kid, Shining was the gold standard of terror. You know what I'm saying? I, so I, yeah. I, I have I have sweet feelings towards The Shining, but I, I, I understand that other... It's like we were talking to somebody and they were like, Jaws doesn't do it for me. That almost knocked me out of my chair when they said they weren't feeling Jaws. I know, so, I know. I, I wouldn't go in my swimming pool because there's a great white shark in my parents' uh, kidney-shaped swimming pool. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of one of those. It makes you kind of just take a double step back. Like, hmm? yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be as animated as you would be, but I'm definitely doing a double take on them for saying Jaws doesn't work. Oh my god, just the Indianapolis speech. That that's uh, worth. That's worth the whole movie. There, I love. But there it goes. It takes a quick dark turn. It goes from swapping scars to let me tell you a little story. <laughs> Dynamite. Yeah. So, uh, Kevin, you're number two. My number two, and this was a hard decision. My top two, I went back and forth, back and forth, and I finally settled on The Conjuring. Oh, the original. Snipe! Snipe! Snipe. Dynamite. <laughs> Love. I mean, and I didn't see it in the theater. I remember seeing ads for it, and I was just kind of like, whatever. We, I saw it for the first time a couple of years ago. Popped. I, I watched it on my, on my, uh, iPad in the dark in my bed. <laughs> Bad hell? move. Bad move. And it's that thing. And it kind of it really brought home that there's something special about just ghost stories. A ghost story done well can conceivably be more terrifying than any other kind of horror movie. Because we all live in houses or apartments or whatever. They 
don't move the headstones is what I want to know. <laughs> you know what I mean? So conjuring is dynamite. Awesome. Uh, I, I consider it one of the five best films of the previous decade. Um, I look at it as the gold standard of mainstream horror. No question. Hundred percent. Uh, I mean, since we're on the subject, that's my number two. <laughs> there we go. My number two is Conjuring. Um, I mean, what more could be said? Uh, I, the the story behind it is amazing. The scares are just immaculate. The energy in this is just fantastic. Uh, there's like almost no violence in this, and it's one of the most brutal things right. I've ever seen. There's like almost literal, like no literal bloodshed at all, and it's it's right. terrifying. It is terrifying. Uh, yeah, um, I, I can't disagree anymore. I mean, it's my number two. And I, I still say it's one of the five best main, the five best films of the previous decade. So I'm, I'm sure you, I wouldn't argue. I wouldn't argue. Yeah, I, 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 it's not my number one, but it, it's in the it's in my conversation as top five somewhere in there. So, yeah, amazing choice. So um, I guess it's time uh, for us to go with our uh, top spots. Unfortunately, again, Aaron, that means we know what yours is. I know. Unfortunately, number one, The Conjuring. Anytime when you can say, based on a true story, that always adds a little bit of sizzle to the story. Yeah. Loosely based on a true story. They should put loosely in there always. Well, let's just say Conjuring 1, amazing. Conjuring 2, still pretty good. Conjuring 3, a bag of shit. (laughs) (laughs) And then I don't watch any of the the lesser Conjurings. I'm not watching, or the lesser Extended Universe. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to watch Annabelle or any of that bullshit. But I was heavily invested in all this, this um, uh, poltergeist and telekinesis and ESP when I was in high school. So I'd already heard of these of the Warrens. They were already on my radar, but I didn't know anything about this movie when I saw it at the theater. And I was like, oh, yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I got nothing else to add to that. So. Kevin, you're number one. My number one, The Shining. Yeah. Boom. Um, it's it's all about the performances. It's it's Kubrick. It's Jack Nicholson. It is Shelley Duvall. It is the crazy waiter in the bathroom. I corrected them, sir. When my wife tried to stop me from doing my duty, I corrected her as well. Dynamite dynamite is it a go are there ghosts is he crazy is it the the psychic abilities of little danny who knows maybe it's all of it it is dynamite we, we were debating this while we were, you were waiting to come on because mm. is it demonic possession is it just ghosts is it ghosts feeding off his his mental illness is he in an alcoholic some psychosis or something and again, based on like real events in Stephen King's life, the reason he stopped drinking. Yeah. Jack Nicholson is we're, Stephen King. Right. His the alcoholism was based on Stephen King's life. The ghosts and the you know psychic powers not yeah. based upon no, his life. No, so, but the drinking and and then I like uh, I think he shook his kid or something. Yeah, I think a lot right. of the, I think a lot of the family issues were taken straight from his own stories. Right. Right. 
Yeah. It always it always is a good story when there's a little bit of truth in there, you know. That always Absolutely. that always makes it a little feel a little realer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's a bit creepy house. I live in an older house, so for sure. I mean, there's people who have died here. There's the idea that ghosts maybe settle in some place that you know they found happiness in or maybe they where they died i mean the place could be chock full all these big hotels have the they all have a ghost or two or so the story goes that the hotel del coronado down in san diego all these places have got something even here where i live there's there's a, a ghostly handprint on the wood paneling that supposedly they've tried they've stripped they've relacquered and the handprint keeps coming back. Dynamite. Yeah. yeah. Um. So my number one. This was sniped earlier, but uh, <laughs> nobody's really we've uh, never really come back around to it. So uh, my number one is Juan the Grudge. Beauty. You gotta do the grudge sound. Do the grudge sound, Elizabeth. You do it. Uh, (laughs) Is it a bad connection or is it the grudge? Who's to say? Is it AOL dial-up or is it the grudge? (laughs) Um, I I love this movie. Um, Kayako is one of the most legitimately terrifying figures I've ever seen in the genre. The addition of Toshio and the cat just adds immeasurably to everything. I love the connection the three of them have together. And the way it adds, the way that the ghosts in this film act off of each other by playing in the darkness surrounding each other, where just a small crack in your bed or, you know, wandering around the corner and the ghost is going to leap out of the side and grab you. I think that's just an absolutely terrifying concept. Uh, I, I don't know how he did it, but this pulls it off and it's just chilling and terrifying i i love this movie um oh totally yeah. terrifying and there's no escape there's exactly. no escape it was like, these ghosts are mean they're mean you can't satisfy them it's not like i'm gonna find your body and write the justice the ghost says fuck you you're still gonna die <laughs> <laughs> the girl runs back to her apartment and she locks the door and climbs under the covers. Oh! Juwan's craw- crawling under, under the sheets to get at you. That, that, I mean, oh my God, as a kid, when the sheets would settle on your legs, and, and that's exactly I mean, that feeling. Oh! I made the... I made the mistake of watching it in bed the first time. Oh! And I pulled my feet out of the covers so damn quickly. <laughs> I braved... I suffered with... I didn't have the air conditioning then. So I I had to suffer in my pajamas in winter watching this movie because oh, yeah. I was not putting my feet under the covers after that scene. Oh Don't crap! I totally forgot about that part. That... Looks under the covers is crawling up towards. Ah! I I pulled my feet out of the covers so, so quickly. <laughs> yeah, amazing sequence. Yeah, yeah. dynamite. Agreed. So. Uh, guess that uh wraps up our episode um before we go real quickly honorable mentions that are uh worth worth uh, rattling off i was thinking about this and this movie absolutely should have been on my list at the moment i say i'm not gonna do just horror movies this should have been maybe top two or three frankly ghostbusters ghostbusters <laughs> was... is one of the best 
That's where comedies I was going, yeah. of the 80s. That's where Dynamite. I was going, yeah. I, I love it. The jokes are amazing. The I I still don't know, you know, it was half of the times I, I still couldn't tell if that's CGI or practical. Right, right. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Bill, I mean, Bill Murray. Bill Murray, that's all you have to say. If Bill Murray's yeah. in something, I'm going to watch it. I mean, Bill Murray Absolutely. and Dan Aykroyd just firing off, riffing off of each other. I, I You can't beat it. I always say there's that. I mean, there's there's jokes that Bill Murray delivers that you don't even notice the first time he walks in and sees possessed Zool and she's all over him. He's like, hey, I guess the flowers worked. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You're a genius. I mean, just dynamite. He yeah. is so hilarious. I, I, I was hoping I was uh, I was trying to serve you guys up for a silver platter on that one. So I'm glad you took it. <laughs> oh, my God. It, <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a sad it, day when we lose Bill Murray. I'm going to have to go uh, into a deep mourning. Uh, I, I no don't know question. if I've got enough copies of ground of uh, ground <laughs> of uh, Groundhog Day and uh, Caddyshack to satisfy me. I just saw him in a movie like last month in November. He's in the French Dispatch to the Wes Anderson. <laughs> oh yeah, there, I'm there. Yeah. Um, the only one I want to mention, I, it's kind of uh, again, it's another more of an indie film, but uh, Grave Encounters. So oh, you got all these good movies. We gotta we gotta check these out, man. Hit me. What what's going on with Grave okay, Encounters? Okay, so Grave Encounters is a uh, it's sort of similar to Ganjam. A, t- a paranormal crew goes into this haunted asylum, and shit goes down. And the shit goes down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the thing with this one is, uh, it this one plays more with uh, time and space dimension dimensions, so it's a little bit more subtle. But I love it because it's one of those where they enter into a room and it's like, wait, where's the way we just came in? And it's bricked off. You know, it's like you walk into, you know, you walk around and it's like, wait, didn't we just come back that way? Where's the exit? And uh, I thought, wait, no, why is that a brick wall? Or right. one of those, it's like, you know, how long have we been here? Uh, my watch says two hours. Mine says five minutes. Oh, and I fucking hate mazes. I hate mazes. Yeah. I, oh, no. I want to yeah. know how the hell I'm getting the hell out of here. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's another found footage film, but uh, I really enjoy it. It's a it's a fun time. So nice. Yeah. I love those movies where it is. It's like kind of and you, do, you see these in a lot of the Italian movies where it's like, who knows what the hell's going on? There was a door here. Now there's not a door anymore. There's yeah. this movie I saw in the 80s called Demons, where they're in the movie theater and mm-hmm. everybody's slowly getting possessed by the demons and the, the doors are bricked up. It's like suddenly they they can't get out the way they thought they could. Yeah. Dynamite. Terrifying. And yeah. grisly. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so I guess uh, that'll wrap it up. But uh before we go, I just want to say thank you guys again for being here. This was an absolute blast, and I had a lot of fun. Yay, thanks for having us. It was a lot of fun. Thank it made me really – I had to go down and really think. I was like, nah, I didn't like that movie that much. What about this one? What about this one? Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, Absolutely. so uh, yeah, go ahead and uh, give your plugs one last time for the uh, listeners to check you guys out. We are the podcast that wouldn't die. We are on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Good Pods, etc., etc., etc. 
It's it's horror. It's science fiction sometimes with a comedic twist. You'll love it. It's mostly horror, but every now and then Kevin feels it's necessary <laughs> to throw in that. Although we may put, dip our toe in fantasy because I am going to eventually insist that we discuss Willow. <laughs> we might have to do that. Uh, Warwick right. Davis. Willow, who doesn't love Warwick Davis? The leprechaun, for goodness sake. I mean, he's all over the map. I have Willow. Never, I've never seen a leprechaun movie. Uh, we reviewed one. So thank you very much. Uh, did we? I must have just blacked it right out of my mind. Was it Leprechaun in the Hood? No, we got to do that one too, though. <laughs> did we really do one? I must have really blacked it out. We did. We did the original Leprechaun with Jennifer Aniston. Did I like there it? You go. Okay. Who's to say? <laughs> uh. All right. So if, uh, like I said, for more of this lovely banter, go ahead and uh, follow them. And uh, thank you guys uh, one more time for checking it, for checking this episode out. And we will see you next time with another topic for you to check out. So until then, see you next time.